Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the February mini-sode for the Banging Book Club, our fortnightly podcast where we read books about sex and gender and discuss them. I'm Hannah Witten and don't worry, Lucy and Lena will be making appearances later, but I just thought I'd let you know how this mini-sode is going to go. So after we read Fifty Shades of Grey last month, we had loads of chats about BDSM and the kink community, but the three of us don't really know all that much about it. So I invited Molly Moore, who is a sex blogger and writer at mollysdailykiss.com and she is the Director of Operations at Eroticon UK, which is a convention conference thing for loads of sex writers. You can find out more at eroticon.co and Molly is also in a subdom relationship with her husband and so I had a Skype call with her to ask her all about that. And so the first half of this podcast is going to be me chatting with Molly and then the second half of this podcast podcast is going to be me and Lena Norms and Lucy Moon chatting about Fifty Shades Darker, the new Fifty Shades of Grey film, with our friend Simon Kane. We invited Simon along to join us for the film review section as our resident BDSM kink person. I hope you enjoy this podcast. Over to myself, Hannah and Molly. So I've got so many questions for you about subdom relationships, BDSM stuff, Fifty Shades critique... Um, so thanks, um, first of all, for allowing me to pick your brain about all of this stuff. You're most welcome. I'm looking forward to it. (laughs) Um, so first of all, I just kind of wanted to draw on your experiences. So I had a a read on your blog and you said that you are in a subdom relationship with your husband. You are the submissive and your husband is the dominant. Mm -hmm. And then I had a look on his Twitter and his Twitter bio is proud owner of Mo- Molly's Daily Kiss. Yeah. Um, I just want to know, what's that like? How does that work? And as someone who is kind of like new to learning about this whole world, when I see something that says like proud owner, like I feel uncomfortable. But mm-hmm. I want you to challenge that for me, basically. Okay. <laughs> Here it goes. I'll give it my best shot. So... I think those those words, it, when when you just look at them in the, in that context, mm-hmm. do sit feel very loaded and obviously mean something to us in different contexts. So it's very easy to read that and go, that makes me really uncomfortable. I think the thing to then look at more is about the situation that that's been developed in. And for us, this is a you know a consensual relationship. This is something that makes us both happy and fulfilled and we fit in those roles perfectly together we 
are at our best being those things for each other. They it makes us comfortable. It makes us very happy. So we always have always said that we are a relationship of two equals. We came into this as equals where we negotiated an inequality that makes us happy. So is that something that before you established the relationship, obviously you, you negotiated it all. And does the negotiation, is that fluid? Are you still negotiating like every day? Does it change? Always. Mm. I think, I mean, or I think that if you don't, do that then you are in um you find yourself in tricky water because we are constantly as humans growing and evolving and learning and developing um in all kinds of ways but particularly when you're talking about relationships and so if your relationship isn't able to be fluid in that sense and change and adapt as you both change and adapt and learn about the things that you like and don't like then I think that that is probably a much more um difficult situation and probably one that would uh raise what I would refer to as red flags for me Mm -hmm. that if someone felt that they were in a situation where change wasn't possible that would I think just be I mean you know then you're into a situation where you're kind of starting to go well is this actually in a a potentially abusive situation and I think just with the reference to 50 shades Mm. that that was always one of my difficulties particularly with the contract he presents that to her kind of almost like a rent agreement would like a landlord who would say here's the here's the deal sign it or don't And for me, and I think for a lot of the BDSM community, that's not how it works, because that's something that you work out together, where you you explore those things together and you decide together which are the things that you want to be kind of under that umbrella, which are the things that you aren't. And also, just as you go along, you learn things about yourself and you go, oh, you know what, I've discovered I really like whatever but I've also discovered, actually, I thought I might like this, but I don't. And uh, I think you know, those principles be. extend to any relationship mm-hmm. as well. It's quite interesting. The more I've learned about like the BDSM community and how core communication is mm-hmm. to making those relationships healthy and also like as risk-free as possible. Mm-hmm. And I feel like non-kink relationships often need to kind of like take some of yeah. that advice no, I and like agree some of the you. same practices yeah absolutely I think that a lot of non-kink relationships could do with adopting some of the skills that you learn as part of a good kink relationship simply because that it gets you into a place where you, I mean for a start where communication is absolutely core where you have to be able to talk openly um, and state the things that you want don't want like don't like you have to be able to listen. Mm-hmm. And obviously also within the frames, of, I mean, within a DS relationship, how you do that may be slightly different. And again, no DS relationship is the same. That's the other thing. A lot of my friends, our DS relationships have similarities, but they're not the same. How we manage them or the things that we in, that are included under our DS umbrella or not included under our DS umbrella will be different for different Um, couples I mean one of the things as well that I always say is that DS what that means for you is up to you to define there's no right or wrong so what does that mean for you then what does being a submissive or someone's possession like how does that work in your relationship and 
is it just in the bedroom or does it extend outside of that? Uh, it's not just in the bedroom. It extends outside that. We would say that we have a 24-7 DS relationship. So he is always the dom and I'm always the submissive. I think that there's a lot of misunderstanding possibly about what those words mean. For me and for us, there's a difference between him being dominating or him being the dominant and him being domineering. Domineering would mean that, you know, he was kind of, um, overbearing, demanding, um, constantly, you know, wanting to be the centre of attention kind of thing, yeah. and keeping me suppressed and quiet. Um, and in fact, it's quite the opposite. He would say that his role is actually to encourage me to be all the things that I want to be. So he's my biggest champion. He's the person behind me going, you know, you can do this, you can do this, you know, and support me in all those things. And as a submissive, again, a lot of people think that being submissive means that you are quiet and meek and mild mm. and patient and and I'm not any of those things <laughs> <laughs> I am feisty and independent opinionated in the you know in the sense that I have an opinion and all those things he actually likes he likes that I am those things and would encourage you know he would encourage me to have an opinion and to share my opinion and to even disagree with his opinion the difference being I guess maybe than in other relationships is that we have negotiated a situation where if I wanted to disagree my opinion, and I do, it would be done in a respectful manner. And I think that that is also based on the fact that we have excellent communication. And mm. so it's very easy for us to talk to each other about what, you know, variety of different subjects, whatever they may be. Um, and once you have established very good communication, it's very easy to then spread that into other areas of your life. So whether you're talking about politics or where you're going to go and eat dinner but for us day to day I mean I wear a collar um, of of some description Um, I don't actually currently right this minute have it on because I'm about to go out to the gym once we finish (laughs) this but I wear a collar is that more of a symbolic thing or is it a functional thing it's more I guess it's more you would call it more of a symbolic thing a bit like wearing a wedding ring I do wear a wedding ring as well uh, because we are also married Um, So it is definitely a symbol of our relationship. I will call him sir most of the time. Um, That's just, again, what we like um, and what we enjoy. But there are other people who would use different words for that. And there are other people who wouldn't have a title at all. So it would very much depend on, as I said, on the DS relationship that you've negotiated. You know, I have friends who wouldn't use any kind of title for their partner Um, I have other friends who maybe would call them master or maybe have made up a word that means something to them. It really depends. We like sir. I wanted to um, kind of move on to the more like bondage BDSM element Mm -hmm. of your relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was having a a read about things and (laughs) you said that you have a safe word. And I thought the thing the your blog about your safe word I found really interesting my previous thinking of a safe word was that like you say the safe word and then it all stops and you're fine but I like the way that you described the safe word as being a seatbelt because Mm -hmm. in a kink relationship it's never going to be completely risk-free there'll always be risks I mean everything that you do the minute we step out of bed in the morning and certainly the minute we leave our home there is risk in our life and um Every relationship that you have with somebody involves risk. You have to expose yourself to the risk of being made to feel vulnerable, being hurt, being left. Everything has 
an element of risk and something that we learn as children is how to assess risk and we do it all day every day um, and then we decide how we're going to proceed and that's only really the same I mean in kink it's a kind of more developed version of that so some of the things that we do, some of the physical things that we do definitely have risk involved, but then pretty much everything that we all do as humans every day does, and we just decide whether we're going to do them or not. And I think the seatbelt analogy works. We like that analogy because nothing makes something completely risk-free. Yeah. And so a bit like a seatbelt, uh, the seatbelt doesn't stop you having an accident, but what it does is it hopefully means that your head doesn't get ripped off if yeah. you have an accident. <laughs> And so, I mean, that's a bit extreme, yeah. but that's the kind of idea I think with a safe word is that it may, it doesn't mean that you won't get something wrong because yeah. we're all fallible because we're human, but having a safe word in place may, and I will say only may, may mean that when you do get something wrong, you can limit the damage that you may do in that process. And the other thing that I really liked that you mentioned is that a safe word, the existence of a safe word allows you to um, explore like resistance play Mm -hmm. yeah I mean for me I have a kink I have a big thing for non-consensual non-consent being able to say no and stop and I don't want you to do that and fighting back actually turn me on they are part of my kink so and I the more I can say them in a way where they sound realistic if you were just watching from the outside you'd be going oh there's a bad thing happening to to molly right now i'm actually getting off on that that's you know a huge turn on for me and by having the the safe safe word word right gives me a different level of communication where actually no actually doesn't need to mean no because this other word actually means no and so then i can let myself go into the kind of role play aspect I guess if you want to call it that of consensual non-consent. So this may feel like a really weird kind of topic to explore but it's something that I've always been really curious about. So you you have kids right? I do indeed. And how how old are they and and what's their awareness of your relationship? My children are 17 and nearly 14 and a boy and a girl and their awareness of our relationship I think we would say is a awareness that probably any children have so the other thing I should say is that they are my children okay yeah this is a this is a second marriage so um Michael who's my husband is their step parent so they're aware of our of our adult relationship in the way that I think any kids are of their parents that we have one because of the nature of the work that I do because of eroticon and because that I write um, what I do they are possibly a little bit more aware than uh, because I have never hugely hidden from them my work because I don't think that's a very healthy thing to do and so I have brought them up in a very open um, manner where I have always in an age appropriate way obviously as they've got older those conversations have changed we have very open conversations I've you know been very proactive about teaching them about you know consent and talking to partners and safe sex and you know relationships yeah. and sexuality and gender I have a, a question that maybe you have some insight into so how do you teach young people about healthy relationships um, and consent and all of these things. And on top of that, also educate them in being open-minded and not 
kink shaming. For example, like in some kink relationships, it can be part of their healthy relationship that there might be like beating involved or like Mm -hmm. um, resistance and like scenes that look non-consensual, but they are Mm -hmm. consensual. So how do you, I guess, teach about general and normal, and I'm using normal in inverted commas, um, healthy relationships where you're not smacking your partner and you're not having sex with them without their consent how do you teach that but on top of that also teach oh but some people do it but it's consensual and like you know there's just so many footnotes there are and I think that's the I think that's the problem that we have with sex ed in this country is that it's tried to be taught in too much of a box of you know, if we if we cover these six basic topics, then we're done. When actually, for me, it's an ongoing project, really, yeah. from when they're very little, um, uh, where where you start when they're very young, where you say to them, you know, no, don't don't touch your friend like that. Yeah. You need to yeah. ask your friend if it's okay for you to do that. You know, exactly. So those, I mean, the the conversation around consent is one that I think needs to be started much younger it's about helping them to set their own personal boundaries as well and to know that you can explore yourself in whatever way and that I mean again I think it's about conversing with them in an open and honest framework it's not something that you can like sit down and give a lesson to and then tick that box and go okay so they've got that like done my work here is done my work no need to talk about it ever again Correct. And I think that's a mistake that we have made in the past. I think it's a mistake with sex ed for quite a lot of sex ed in schools is that it's almost like, right, well, we've had that lesson and now I don't need to ever mention it again. I think that's, you know, where the problem lies. I think as far as bringing in kink, I think that's something that if you have laid the groundwork and you have hopefully got them to an act to an age and a stage where you feel confident that they understand some of those kind of more basic concepts yeah. of you know consent and relationships and how we should talk to each other and how we should listen to people and um you know respecting people not being judgmental about anybody's um sexuality or gender or the way they look, or, you know, whatever those things are, then I think bringing in that topic of kind of consent within a kind of kink framework is easier, because you have this groundwork that you've already laid where they understand that. I think that with kink, one of the key things is to understand that uh, there's a phrase which um, a lot of the community use, which is your kink is not my kink, but your kink is okay. Oh, I like that. Which is basically saying, you know, so for example, I like needle play, okay, um, which is a new discovery of mine. There are people who don't like needle play, but they're still part of the kink community, but who for them, needle play would like make them go, oh my God, no. Yeah. The point of that phrase is to be able to say, you know what? I don't like your needle play. I don't even particularly want to see your needle play. But it's cool that you like it and good for you. Go and enjoy it. So I've got just a few other questions that are just more general about kink or like unconventional, again, air quotes, sexuality. Things that like I'm aware of that exist, but have no firsthand experience of. And I'm just want to be like, what's that like? So like the like sex clubs, because you've like mentioned clubs a few times in some blog posts. Mm -hmm. What are they like? (laughs) How does it work? (laughs) 
So again, it would depend on what you were on what type of club you were going to. Mm-hmm. So as a general rule, there is quite a split between kind of fetish BDSM type clubs and then what would be seen as more traditional kind of sex clubs or would also be known as swingers clubs. Uh, yeah. As a general rule, they're kind of different things, but not always. Sometimes they overlap. But a, a swingers club, it's going to be more about the kind of sexual interaction between people. There will be people swinging there. There will be many people who just go to watch. There'll be many people who go to have sex with their partner, not with other people, but they get off on the fact that other people are watching them. Uh-huh. So not all people at swingers clubs are swinging. Fetish BDSM clubs, again, they're a bit of a you know a mix of what you would what you would find there. Some of them will be more about the dressing up, and there will be a, perhaps a dungeon area to play. The atmosphere of the club is a lot more about what the people what people are wearing and the kind of pomp and ceremony maybe and then you'll go to other fetish bdsm clubs which will be much more about people have going there to use the dungeon type i'm using dungeon because that's what they will call it but you know the bdsm type equipment doesn't necessarily um, have to look like a dungeon most of us do not have a red room of pain (laughs) because a we have children in our houses and two who the hell can afford that that's so interesting. I haven't even thought about that because obviously Christian Grey can afford it because he's like a billionaire. 99.9% of the kink community does not have their version of a red room of pain at home. Yeah, there so- are certainly people who may have the odd thing at home that they kind of tuck away. Or, you know, obviously, if you're in a relationship where perhaps either you don't have kids yet. Or, you know, those kinds of things, then maybe you would have, you know, perhaps adapted your bed with restraints or whatever. Restraint points and, you know, stuff like that. But the actual idea that kind of people have a dungeon at home is mainly not the case. So if you want to have access, and lots of people do want to have access to that, you know, maybe use a St Andrew's Cross, use a spanking bench, use a cage, uh, I mean, all kinds of different things, those kind of bigger, larger pieces of equipment then people will tend to try and go to a club um, or even hire. There are actually private dungeons yeah, that you can hire. Yeah, I was going to ask about uh, that, if there are yeah, private so ones. There are private ones. There's a few in London and there's a few out of London as well that you can go and hire just for like a couple of hours in the afternoon. Some of them actually do hire where there's a bedroom so you can like hire them overnight, almost like a kind of bed and breakfast type thing. And so finally, um, in the Fifty Shades of Grey podcast that we did um, with – Lena and Lucy where we were discussing the book um towards the end we were like someone recommend us good erotica like what what is this and you have a list or you have some recommendations is that right I have a few recommendations and and afterwards as well because this I only just started jotting them down I will see if I can think of any more as well and perhaps send you some stuff then oh yeah dig through it there's some great Really, really, really great erotica writers out there. Oh, writing in all kinds of slightly different different ways, different genres within erotica. One of the people I would recommend is Christina Lloyd, and that's Christina with a K. She's written quite a few different books, and I would happily say buy a Christina Lloyd book. You aren't going to be disappointed, in my okay. opinion. She's a, she's a great writer. She's a really, really great writer, and her stories are really really excellent janine ashbliss is also a great writer but tends to write in the more fantasy realm oh cool 
so kind of fantasy slash erotica. But I highly recommend her book, Cover Him With Darkness. And the second book in that, that's a, um, a three book series, I believe. Uh-huh. And the second book um, is being released in March. OK, cool. Um, and I can't wait because the first book was brilliant it's an absolutely if you like good storytelling she's very very clever it's about kind of angels and mythology katie grace another great writer and again i I mean she's written a lot of stuff some of it will be she's written kind of some vampire stuff but she's written what i would call more just you know modern day storytelling stuff um but definitely good erotica and uh, you know, pick a KD Grace book and have a go. Great. Um, for those listeners who didn't quite catch some of those, I will um, leave them in the description so you can have a search for them online and get your hands on some decent erotica. Thank you so much, Molly, for letting me just quiz you <laughs> on all of these You're things. You're more than welcome. And if you have any follow-up questions or you want to explore this subject more, I'm always happy to do it again. Oh, thank you so much. And guys, don't forget to go follow Molly on Twitter. You are at Molly's Daily Kiss. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. We are all here and we're all ready to review the film Fifty Shades Darker. I'm Hannah Whitten. I'm Lena Norms. I'm Lucy Moon. I'm Simon Kane. Who are you, Simon? What who are you doing? Who are you, Simon? So weird. Hi. <laughs> I'm I'm here to be the kink person. <laughs> we're all just we're just three vanilla women, <laughs> and we just don't Wait, know what to do not, with ourselves. That's not what I was told this was going to be. Okay, no, yeah. Um. You are a comedian. You run like a kink and LGBT friendly comedy mm. night. Yeah, yeah. It's really cool. It's uh, called Queer as Jokes. Oh, I like it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's a nice... I thought it was quite cool. I run it at the Bill Murray and Angel, and it's fine. It's like a monthly thing where I just have a lineup of just, like, anyone who is linked to the LGBTQ who I think is really, really good at stand-up. And then we have, like, a really supportive crowd of just generally quite queer people who just are up for hearing different perspectives, not just, my ex did this or whatever in stand-up. Sure. I like that. I think that's really cool. So we've all seen Fifty Shades Darker. Mm. Shall we do sound yes. reviews? <laughs> Some of us watch it next to Katie Price. Yes, but who am I? Uh, guys, thanks, babe. <laughs> Lucy went to the premiere and completely forgot I was going to the premiere. So I arranged with Lena to go. Yeah, see and the then she texted me like, "Sorry, babe, failed. forgot I was invited to the premiere. Can't come." Yeah, <laughs> it's like all right, Phoebe. Yeah. <laughs> is that why you text me? Um, sound reviews. My sound review is. Uh, oh, that sounded Good. like it started well. Uh, oh. <laughs> Is that when the credits rolled? <laughs> it was so peaceful again in my head. My sound review is... Uh, my sound review is... Head desk. I'm not actually going to whack my head on the desk. Because that might peak, but... Head desk. <laughs> You're such a half Ravenclaw. <laughs> what do you I'm not going to actually do it because technically that would really ruin the audio recording. <laughs> Where's your drama, Hannah? Uh, uh, Sound uh, Simon. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Just that. That's uh. great. Um, so I have some notes. They are not like full notes. Also, like none of us like know anything about film. <laughs> Did you make it in the cinema? 
no. Oh. Does it look... Is my handwriting that bad? It looks like I wrote it in the dark. No, I just wondered if you'd gone in just going, right. Yeah. <laughs> you would. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Right. First of all, we should clarify that Fifty Shades Darker is the second film in the Fifty Shades of Grey yeah. series. So we've just read the first book, haven't we? Yeah. And that's I'll, podcast. The last available for you to listen to. On iTunes, with your ears. I've seen the first film which I actually quite enjoyed. And then I read the book, which we've all heard my thoughts on that. Um, have you guys seen the first film? No. Nope. I have. Okay. I specifically didn't watch it. A friend tried to lend me it. and I Have I, you I, read the book? Nope. Okay, so this no. is your like introduction to the Fifty Shades. Yeah. Well, all I'm going to say, and I, I acknowledge that I'm also a Twilight defender. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. A massive fan of the host. Um, but all I'm going to say is, I didn't think the first film was that bad. Actually, I thought it was well executed and more believable than the book. And also it ends with her leaving, which was a lot more hopeful than this. Well, yeah. I got that from the start of the second film. Mm-hmm. Are we allowed to do spoilers? Yeah, yeah. Okay, full spoilers. Fine. Yeah, I got that from the start of the first film because she, he was trying to get her back by any means possible, which is probably the lightest way of putting it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... I also very much enjoyed the first film, but I don't know whether that uh, memory of it is very much about the circumstances I was in when I watched it which was drunk on a plane with Dodie and Callum <laughs> oh my god that would make some so good were they watching the same film yeah we okay, all fine. were like three, two, one, and play whilst we ordered gin and tonics nice <laughs> that sounds fun anyone can chime in at any point but here are my notes uh, the first thing is sex with trousers on so out, oh, of, yeah. the, out of the four yeah. sex scenes I think there were four sex scenes that we saw three of them Christian Grey kept his trousers on. Do we think that the actor got a really inappropriate tattoo between the filming of the first and second films? But also, on his any line. shots of Anastasia's bottom half when um, Dakota Johnson's face is not in it, in my head I was like, that's got to be a butt double. Oh, come on. Butt. But also... She just little dimples. No, but because they're, you know, Hollywood actors, every Hollywood actor has got a butt double. Do they? Do they? Yeah, a lot of I them don't have. want them to think that because I've seen Neil Patrick Harris's butt and I like Might it. not be Neil Patrick no, Harris's butt. No, don't ruin it for me. It's got a great butt. <laughs> I did not know people had butt doubles. Yeah, Are you I'm pretty you had sure. A butt double now for YouTube? Yeah, uh, no, <laughs> I don't need a butt double. <laughs> oh, sorry, babe. Like, sorry, babe. I'm, I'm, oh my god, I did not mean to just insult your butt. Tweeting that. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag. Least don't need no butt double. <laughs> I didn't oh, no, notice Anna's any body and the thrust. Weren't you also that? immersed in the amazing <laughs> narrative <laughs> terms of the film? That you, <laughs> how did you manage to notice this oh, during all of this? Do you know what the thing I noticed most about the sex scenes was? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sorry, on. we will get onto the actual narrative. I feel like we just need to pray. talk about yeah, the sex scenes. Yeah. Just cleanse <laughs> ourselves of that. Not as many of them as I thought there'd be. No. I thought, I was but it was pretty dry. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. But the, the thing was, the, first of all, focused on female pleasure. I noticed there's a lot of, like, going down. Yeah, bit of nipple sucking. Like, ooh. Um, and then there's, when they start having, like, penetrative sex... The thrusting is the most awkward thing I've ever seen. It's yeah, totally unbelievable. It? It's like thrust, pause. More dramatic uh, thrust, pause. Like, uh, it was really... There was no odd. dancing. The, the problem I have with that, is, and <laughs> I agree with you, it's freaking awkward. No, but do you know what I mean? It's like partners. Oh. Anyway. Well, no, I was going to say, the thing I noticed about that was that the thrusting was in time with the music, and I felt that they edited it to oh, be like that. Oh, that could be it. The soundtrack just was great. Got, oh, Put that's that Danny Elfman. He's amazing. Great soundtrack. Yeah. Mm. But I just thought they were That's just trying to yeah. make the beat. I mean, we've all tried to have sex to music. Doesn't work. Why <laughs> <No. laughs> can't we all have, what's his name, Danny? Dan- Danny? Daniel, oh, Danny Elfman. Danny yeah, Elfman, yeah. him doing the soundtrack to our sex lives. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Tweet him now. Should we talk about plot and a plot in air quotes? That'd be a very quick. Yeah, let's go on there. <laughs> I, um, mean, I mean, in its defence, no, it no. is... The very reminiscent of the plot line of the second Twilight series, and that's what it was written for, right? Yeah. So, like, if we were going on what framework and what benchmark she was setting herself, she kind of achieved it. That's essentially what happens <laughs> in New Moon. How's that different? That's like saying, right, I copied the whole book. Well, what but were you I trying to the do? characters. No, but fanfic is an actual legit thing that is okay to do. I've and not it is... really seen any. I've, this is the most fanfiction I've ever come into. Okay, but that, that is what she was trying to achieve, and she, in, in some ways, she achieved that. Do you know what I did? I texted Lena in the morning. I said, I'm talking to a friend for like an hour before I meet you who loves Fifty Shades just to uh... get myself into a good mindset for it. Because I had a lot of preconceptions, and I was like, I just want to be in a, I just want to think something good about it. Yep. And so they banged on about how amazing it was, and then, yeah, I didn't. But, you that's tried. a good positive well one of the things I found really interesting is that the BDSM stuff was very light yeah. compared Hardly to any. compared to at least the first book in this film and I feel like oh, it feels really kink shamey to me because I don't know Simon if you would agree or how you feel about it but for me it was just like this relationship would be perfect and they're so made for each other if only Christian Grey would not be into BDSM. If he wasn't into BDSM mm. and just every so often just tied Anastasia up, that'd be great. But it really shames that as like, oh, the relationship can't work if he has these desires and these needs, which are like totally fine if the other person's into it. Anastasia isn't into it. The relationship shouldn't work. What the fuck? They get give engaged. Up, up. No. A later manifestation of everybody's obsession with Romeo and Juliet, and it's like the star-crossed lovers will win through, and it's like no, no sometimes they don't. people who fit just, each other yeah. should get married. People who don't fit each other shouldn't. They Is don't it, fit each other. Love's not enough. Just you know, it doesn't always have to be enough. Just. Get on, get on, get I don't it. believe they're and love also, for one second. I don't believe they get on. They barely they talk no to this chemistry. entire film. They, yeah, like I've I, like, no banter. The, not even as fuck buddies. I reckon that that was, <laughs> that was the most awkward. Like you said, it was just it was like they'd been like pandas in like a cage and been like you've only got you can only yeah. do each other and like no. Just, yeah. After watching you know, that film, I'm more convinced that Anastasia just fancies him because because of his money. 
Yeah, so the class board is real, isn't it? You say that, but the thing was we were talking about after the film was like every time he gives her a gift, she's just like, I don't want that. But she still loves it, though. Yeah, she still kind of, you can see she kind (laughs) of likes it. She loves her classic Jane Austen novels because she's really into English things. I don't know if you know, but her favourite tea is English breakfast. I love how that's your big problem in that. (laughs) Yeah. What did you think about the sex, Simon? Uh, <laughs> in Fifty Shades, yeah, um, the, the kink or the sex, because <laughs> oh, I distinguish them separately. So, okay, explain. One, um, I, I, for, oh. for me, kink doesn't always have to be sexual. So, I, I always keep the, in my head they're separate. I mean, they could lead to each other, but generally Ooh, speaking, okay. I have them as separate things in my head. So, I can talk about the four sex scenes, or I can talk about the kink. Oh, talk about the, the kink then. Okay, which bits would you classify as just the kink? Um, well, that was the problem is that they were they were in like tandem with each other. so like with the the leg bar or, or, yeah. or whatever they they were in fact that was pretty much the only aside from the domination over the what's the other girl's name that not leela is it leela mm. the one that he made neil yeah that yeah. was like a really oh, yeah. Sh- yeah say what you said about the leela thing because i thought it was interesting okay so in, in leela is this in, character who is a previous sub of christian who comes back and tries to kill anastasia <laughs> Yeah, that's that's, that's her only bit in that entire plot. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there was a bit in the film where spoiler where I'd have to say it, do I? Um, mm-hmm. Where she's got a gun to Anastasia and um, I name, Christian Christian comes in and makes her kneel and then give the gun over and stuff. And in the room with the film we were in, everyone just went <gasps> like, and then like we heard people going, "That's not real. That's not whatever." And like in in a in a healthy subdom relationship, that could be something that you've set up before, where where if especially if you're in a lifestyle situation yeah. where it's twenty four seven, you might have a thing where you can just ask someone to to do something there and then, and they just have to do it. Whereas in that situation, that was very unhealthy in my perspective because they weren't in a relationship he was just and I and the, the problem I've got yeah, with that is that he was okay. trying to control a situation the so relationship me, had ended so yeah. he should have relinquished the control over her exactly well, but she should have as well because she was complicit in it so it made me feel really uncomfortable about the whole thing because not only was she okay with the whole just being demanded around which I think was what she was into anyway yeah. but also she'd made the situation into the thing that he, how else was he going to deal with that situation because so he got a gun to the person who he's meant to be marrying or I don't know if they get married by that point <laughs> I forgot that's the only plot point and I've forgotten it I but, think they've moved in. Yeah, yeah. but the point is, is that how else would you deal with that situation? If I was him, I'd be like, that's, that's the only way I can think to deal with it as well. Because oh, how am I going to take the gun out of her hand if I haven't, I haven't got no control in the situation? So I felt like it was a really weirdly manipulative situation on, on and, and a very bad uh, display of what a, a subdom situation can be in kink. I feel like it displayed sub as like weakness. This is the thing. I really get annoyed by this because subbing is actually the stronger position in all of it because subs have every... They have all the strength in every situation. They have the safe words. They get a call when things get to stop. The, the dom obviously has that position as well. But ultimately the sub has to have that position more so because they're having stuff done to them. Yeah. And the whole point of, of kink, a healthy kink anyway, is the, the, the turn on is the trust element and the communication element of being able to do something to someone that, that you know is safe but doesn't feel safe. You've created like a fantasy situation. Yeah. And that didn't feel like that to me. That felt very horrible. And the rest of it did as well. Where like, you know, I, you know, I just hated it. <laughs> I didn't like this film. I just wanted to say that just in general, <laughs> Fifty Shades aside, kink, BDSM representations aside, this was a bad film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I have many reasons as to why this is a bad film. And I want to talk about all of them. 
what was your cinema experience like? Because me and Simon went together and the um, whole auditorium was laughing at bits that I'm pretty sure the director didn't want to be funny. And yeah. everyone was so vocal and when stuff happened, they'd be like, oh, it was, it was like being really? in a... Yeah, like being what? In, in Elizabeth, the cinema I was in was yeah. silent. No, oh, so no. ours was like... They were really talkative. Okay, yeah. when Christian almost dies in the helicopter <laughs> no. thing, and then he literally just I walks through the door a second yeah. later, everybody like ripped themselves apart laughing. Like so, yeah. somebody yeah. ripped themselves a new one in the front row because they were like, ah! I just turned to you and went, even within the fantasy of this, that's bullshit. Yeah. Like there's no, there doesn't, there's no... We literally were like, what is the Can time? Can we briefly talk about this ridiculous... I was saying to the girls earlier, within about half an hour, Christian nearly dies, comes back to life, like, walks through a door, so the family has gone... You as a, an yeah. audience, you've gone from being incredibly worried and upset, theoretically, to overjoyed, to then, like, relief, and then he proposes within that, like, other half... Which is... Half actually, half he'd half. already proposed. She said yes after the... Yeah. Oh, Can oh, I... The helicopter sorry. crash. I'm so... Oh, oh. It was an entirely pointless plot device. Nothing, you know, things happen, events happen in stories to move a plot along, to change the course of the situation, like, a character changes, the situation changes, something changes when a fucking event happens in a movie, nothing changed after that helicopter crash, nothing changed, (laughs) there was no point in it, It, like, you could have written out, sorry, you just want to talk, but I'm just like, the helicopter crash is pointless, also, HR lady, at the beginning in oh, yeah. the publishing thing and HR lady mm. comes up her she's just a plot device you'd think that she was coming up those stairs <laughs> marching down the office to then go have a meeting <laughs> with Jack Hyde no they just have a conversation about how creepy he is and then she leaves and I was like well, why did you you, you came to a Trump <laughs> were, were you not here for something can I just <gasps> the only bits that really got me off in this whole film were the publishing bits like oh my god you do need to move to digital there are new ways to print we need new voices in literature no, no, yeah. I was like yes there was, one moment, there was one moment where they just went oh this blog has got 80,000 hits and we can and they were like we can't translate them they were, yeah we can and I literally turned to you and I, you were just like oh, oh like, yeah true. Like, talk publishing re- to me baby re- like, sales <laughs> are hard to translate from digital click through no not necessarily yeah. it depends on the relationship right, anyway yes. fine but we yeah <laughs> But we, yeah, we, no, we were, I was sat we there in that bit. I was like, yeah, bitches, my book's out. <laughs> yeah. <Take> the paper. <laughs> we, we were um, doing it. Uh, we were... Yeah. yeah. Um, no, the, the only... Sorry, I want to say, because I've had this debate with someone recently about that plot point. Yeah. And the only reason we can work out why that would be in there is so that the, the build, which it wasn't a build, but it should have been a build to when she says yes. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And it didn't build. And because mm-hmm. it didn't build, it, you're right, it could just come out. But, just I, come but out. on paper, that would have been a really good build. It's like, oh, does she lose him? But then no she, he had the answer in his pocket. And even that line, uh, the answer was in my pocket the whole time. I was like, oh, fuck off. You. Yeah. No. The back worst the key line. Ring, are you for yeah. real? Like, the key yeah. ring thing Fucking was like... stupid. I like the key ring thing, but then I think... It was sort of ridiculous. Um... <laughs> The problem no, I've got, I'm just the, so the, the, bad the, at this film. The, the problem I've got is is the line between romantic and creepy is how attractive the other person finds you. And I find... Oh my God, that, that, I just need that on a t-shirt. <laughs> Alright, can I have a copy? No, yeah. uh, sorry, but the, the point is is that they both clearly are attracted to each other, which is why the keyring thing's cute. But to us, we, we've got no dynamic there to them. So as a result, the whole thing looks creepy and cringy. Yeah, mm. for sure. Yeah, because there's so much that you wouldn't portray in a film that actually happens in a relationship because you're like, 
audience mm. won't resonate yeah. because they're not as emotionally invested in no, as No, but they didn't give me enough time between each emotion yeah. to feel it. Like, he'd go, oh, you need to die. Oh, you need to live. Oh, I did this. And it's like, just... And then, and then around them, they'll just go, oh, let's have sex because that'll solve everything. And it's yeah. like, that never <laughs> solves everything. If anything, that makes it worse because you're not thinking straight or I've got no blood in my head. Do you know what, actually? I did <laughs> like that, that vulnerable <laughs> shower scene where they're vulnerable in the shower. Not because... I. I, I did it. There's a bit where she's saying something to him, and it's kind of. I felt a little bit emotion. I, that was the one bit. Oh uh, yeah, and she oh, rubs. She rubs. Yeah. Hang on, oh my god! The, when he like still has the lipstick on him after two days, yeah. and then he takes off the lipstick's still there. I'm like, no lipstick you know, is that yeah. good. You know what I love? I turned to Lena. There's no lipstick on his you shirt as well. Yeah. 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 I turned to Lena. Maybe it's Kylie Jenner's lip kit, but it didn't look like it to me. The first thing I said to you when he took his shirt off for the second day, I just went. Like, cause yeah, you were like, does lipstick last that long? And I was like, no, I've had, carry I've, on watching. I've, done, I've had makeup done to me before, but like I've, had, I've taken it off. So I've yeah. never left it on for long enough to work out to how long it lasts. Leave me, you don't but want it, to. It, it like gradually smears. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I that was yeah. <laughs> totally but, unrealistic. Yeah. But maybe um, she redraws it every day to make sure she doesn't go across his back. <laughs> because she doesn't want to go across his boundaries, but he's perfectly happy to go across all of her. Sorry. Yeah. Right? Um, right? So there's loads more things that I think we can complain about and laugh about, but I kind of want to bring the tone down and mention a very scary scene um, of her in the office with her boss, Jack Hyde, when he, you mm. basically he could have raped her in that situation. Um, I felt very uncomfortable. And I think that's probably maybe the only scene that's done well, depending on what its intention was. If it was to frighten you, yes, it frightened me. <laughs> Mm, yeah. It made me feel angsty. He is I was a prototype antagonist. I think it was there if I was if I was thinking that it was well thought through. I think they put it there to show that he is the example of like the bad side of that kind of abuse and that's he's who we think Christian is. Yeah. But in fact Christian is somebody who puts contracts in place and asks everybody to be there as like the good guy. So I think he's there to set up the idea of Christian being the good guy against the real world reality of abuse, which is people like Jack Hyde. No. Not who lock you in. I don't agree rooms. with it, but I think yeah. that is the way that it's set up to, to juxtapose Christian being yeah. the one who's like organised his abuse. <laughs> the, 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 the only okay, the only reason why that works is because in the film you, you don't get enough people in the you can't have so many characters that it will work mm-hmm. as a as a thing. So you need a specific like opposition type, opposition bad character cop. like that. Yeah. yeah. But they're both shit. Like you can't just go, he's not as bad as him, so it's cool because it's like, get some self-respect and go and find someone else. Pretty sure I've done that, though. I've gone, I'm going to date this guy because he's not as bad as that guy. That's fair. I've probably done the same thing. Uh, in those situations, so you should date no one. <laughs> yeah. Date none of them. That is the answer. Um, and then the Jack Hyde thing. I was really confused about who the antagonist was in this film because there's basically like three different antagonists who all come up at different points <laughs> and none of them are resolved like none of them oh, yeah. get their true antagonistic moment and then they... Mrs. Robinson oh, yeah. I went to the toilet during that so I missed that bit <laughs> <laughs> but I heard everyone kind of be like yeah, like, yeah. so there's Leela Jack Hyde and Mrs. Robinson and we assume from the final shot that we see that Jack Hyde probably comes back in the third one He's that's who be... he was with the cigarette sorry that, I assume that was Jack Kind no! with the cigarette Right, because remember we left and you were like, oh, who do you think that was? And I was like, I, I couldn't, I didn't care about the one I just watched, let alone but about it's the future one. you probably but... forgot about that because Jack was dealt with in like the first 
like third of the mm-hmm. film and then he's left and then Leela is the same. Leela was dealt with in the middle bit of the film and then left and then Mrs. Robinson was dealt with in the final third of the film and then left. It was like, what is the plot? Mm. What is the plot to this film? The, but the thing is, if you, if you take, sorry, go on. I can't remember what Miss Robinson's thing is, but doesn't that to do with being punched? Doesn't he like slap her or something? Um, is, no. Is, is, that her, uh, is that his first song? Sorry, is that? Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. Right. Um, the older woman. Anna throws a drink <laughs> in Mrs. Robinson's <laughs> face at a party woman. where Mrs. Robinson's being all like, you're not right for each other. Da, 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 da. He's not like she, you. She yeah. Not- and then Christian's mum comes along and slaps Mrs. Robinson, <laughs> which I was just like, Wait a second, because they're friends, and Christian's mum does not know that they had a relationship. But that so was the moment she found out. This is right? the thing. I feel like that was the only. That was how it was I was just like, oh, has Christian's mum found out about it? The yeah. only other thing that I thought was like kind of interesting was the revelation that uh, Christian likes to um, inflict pain on women that look like his uh, crack addict mother. Yeah. Would you, this is the thing. There were bits, I was just like, there were, bits, huh. there were bits in it where he learned dis- something. Where he displayed a remarkable amount of self awareness, or he's in therapy and we're not seeing that in those sessions because yeah. it felt like oh, in he the was looking out. He talks about he has a therapist. Oh, is it? Because yeah. that that would have made that bloody plot way better. Like yeah. he, he kept just dropping bombs in it. Like <laughs> yeah, oh like, my god. It's, it's like it's like the oh, I can't remember the end of the song. It's like the the oh, I forget. I'll remember it in a sec. But you know, like where like. Um, yeah, j- just don't keep adding things in when you haven't given me any context for them. Yeah. That's why the plot didn't work for me. If he's if he'd gone to a therapy session and, just, and like had a revelation and gone, oh, they're all like my mum or something, and yeah. then you go, oh, okay, that makes sense. Because you have no idea where and, that thought came from from him. Yeah, but also because and also like when he says stuff like that, all I'm thinking is deal with that. Then you're not in a position to be dating anyone right now all you seem to have done is worked on your business side of you and avoided issues for the rest of your <laughs> life like and that's fine because you know you're not doing anyone any harm if you I mean you know some businessmen will have but you know go and work on yourself now you've got the money you've got the time resources bloody hell sorry I think <laughs> Anastasia's painted as having this unconditional love for Christian which I don't think is necessarily healthy, but it's like quite familiar in a lot of plot lines where it's like, oh, but she loves him despite. And it reminds me of this yeah. song in Guys and Dolls that's like, marry the man today, change his ways tomorrow. Easy as fuck. No, 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 no. It paints a really horrible yeah. depiction of, and, and don't get me wrong, there are people in the kink scene who, who you know, use it for the wrong means and whatever, but there are perfectly healthy people who use it just because they like hitting people. And like yeah. they're not using it. And they find people issue. that like being get. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. sorry. I should point that out. It's all conce- well. Yeah. Yeah. For the most part, it's, yeah. Yeah, and it's not related to abuse. And no, like not awful, awful. It's all for pleasure. Do you think this yeah. film was re rehashing like a lot of stereotypes about um, like uh, BDSM relationships like that? Do you think? I think. Or do you think it's so familiar that I don't know. When I put a thing on Facebook saying, I joke, I thought I texted you this joke. I said, um, I've just booked a ticket for Fifty Shades of Grey and my credit card didn't flag it or do it. And I'm really disappointed. <laughs> they, um, like, it was a split between my kink friends who were like, why are you wasting your time and money on that? And my regular friends who were like, oh, let's know if it's worth going to see and whatever. I think if you're in, if you're in kink, like, they're not going to be watching it because they're just getting on with it and they know. They, they they're having too good sex. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. We're, we're too busy spanking each other, guys. Like, <laughs> we haven't got enough time for that shit. We got anyway. Um, but the, but it. I think I think they've got enough of a perception on it, which is probably accurate enough, even though it's a big assumption, which you should never do in life anyway. That they don't have to go and see it, and it's only going to probably trigger a few of them, or it's going to bring up something about 
a negative stereotype that they're not happy with that they won't yeah. go and see it. Mm-hmm. However, I am broadly generalizing a lot of people based on my social circle. I the people that were like posting saying should should we go and see it and stuff. I was like probably not, mm-hmm. but and that's before I'd seen it and I didn't feel good about that. But I still stick by that because the the stereotype in it is that. Um, well, first of all, there's a lot of toxic masculinity in it. Which, oh, you want to tell yeah. us something oh about that? God. I can um, ask you about toxic masculinity. Well, no, no, yeah, I have no, a lot of questions. You know because I, no, I, t- I tweeted about it, and, so, and one of my friends I'm meeting up with the weekend said, "I'd love to know what a cis male had to say about that because it doesn't, it, like, I don't understand why you would have a problem with it." And I was like, "Oh, I've got a lot to say." So it was, it was toxic masculinity. It was the unrequited love thing. The, sorry, the unquestioned um, love thing that really annoyed me. Um, the fact, the fact that like she was like, "Take it slow, one minute, and then just take me the next minute," and you're like. Like, just, like, pick a side and deal with your own hormones because you're not helping him out here because he clearly can't deal yeah, with Yeah, because it was, like, so, in ten minutes where she was like, I think we should take it slow. And then she was like, I want you, fuck me now. But also, it wasn't good on her part to just randomly be stroking him in that way. Like, mm. y- y- you were not... Stick it. You were you were saying one thing and meaning another, and those mixed messages were not fair to him as much as, like, he is not in the right in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Sure. I just think you could have helped the situation by maybe just, I don't know, pass me the knife rather than I'll just reach through... Your like, crotch. Yeah, exactly. Area. I know um, what you're doing. But yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah and it's like, all right, well done you. Like, you managed to work out <laughs> that I'm horny. on you, yeah. Christian. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. The, yeah, so I think stereotypes... Were, but also, this is the thing, what's your stereotype of it? Because I don't know what you think a stereotype is of kink. I don't know. I... Spanking. <laughs> well, there you go. Spanking what? and blindfolds and handcuffs. That's No, but I, I think there's also a I stereotype think. of people being... That's it. That's all you think we do. Yeah, I think that's it. it. Especially that's in, like... That's it, right? No, we put foots <laughs> up. No, we're... <laughs> <laughs> Especially in traditional press, I think a lot of these stereotypes are that people who um, like BDSM are like that for a reason and the reason isn't positive. Mm. Well, no, okay, you know? so... And there's got, there's got to be something to, in inverted commas, make you like that, which right. is just the language that we used to talk about LGBT people with. Yeah. So... Okay. Not re- like you know, and not legit. Well, yeah. this, that's what I was going to say. This Let's is not Alita again. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I, that's a very good point because whatever your thing is, you can't really help. You've got it for however long in your life, whether it's a period of time, it's like a thing you like, or it's your lifetime thing. You can't help what you like, and and it's not fair for someone to go. Well, they're like this because of this. Because it might be an environmental thing. It might be an upbringing thing. But that doesn't mean that's a negative. And if it is a negative, they should be self-aware enough to acknowledge it within themselves. So. For them to generalise it like that is pretty negative. So I think, yeah, that would have been brought up in that because he is... If if I, if I was someone who wasn't in kink and I'd watched that film and I saw him say, oh, I like beating up someone who's like, you know, my mum, I've got no other frame of reference to go on on that. Yeah. And so the only thing I can do is extrapolate and go, "That's <laughs> the, this is what this is like. And I don't think yeah, many all people... all kinky people are fucked up. Well, yeah, yeah. From <laughs> do we think that because there's a lack of that representation having this as the one yeah. representation is really damaging for people who literally will never interact with this community apart from this film yeah but it's it's not the only thing that's the thing I like one mainstream of my, though yeah that. that's the problem I, I, I sent a friend of mine a link to a kink porn site because she was talking to me about how she was like not watching porn and stuff and I went why not give this a try like the, the, the website has like aftercare videos with the actors just to like see how they dealt with it how they feel about it like what they did afterwards to like feel better in themselves. I'm like that's way. There's better. a whole documentary about um, a kink porn site or a kink porn company. We should watch it. 
Yeah. I clearly don't know Banging that much about yeah. any of DVD this. Club. <laughs> <laughs> I should definitely go and look at some kink porn. I'll send you some links. I'll send you some links. Oh, yeah, please send us all some links. Open your incognito tab. I'm at risk of becoming that person that watches Fifty Shades. And stereotypes, even though I think I'm. What's your stereotype then? Yeah, kink of what you of what you think of kink from that film? Because I assume you haven't oh, watched kink porn or had any. You, Lena, told me it you three are basically quite vanilla. The, so I don't know where the line is drawn. I think that's okay. more. Oh, interesting. Okay. So I wouldn't know when something veered into like kinky enough or like kink enough. What? To what to like, like identify as kinky yeah. rather than just being like sometimes mm-hmm. I like to be hit well this is why I tend to keep them separate in my head yeah. so that if if for example I'm spanking someone there's no penetrative stuff going on that to me is just a kink thing separate yeah. so for me in my head it's easier to do that or if they're blindfolded and we're doing I don't know like wax play or, or ice play or something like can I do you want me to explain what that is I know what that is okay. explain for me please yeah. uh, wax play is essentially like a candle it's always an unscented candle because they burn at like a lower temperature so it means that it, the wax when it lands on you doesn't it's not as it's not like a burn and, like temperature and you're basically like dripping wax onto someone as a sensational thing Heat and hot. yeah and generally speaking it's you know you're blindfolded so you don't quite know where it's going to land and stuff and it's and the it's ice very play sensual. is the opposite yeah it's very sensual cold. have you done it <laughs> no yeah, it's very sensual I would, I would be into it though I yeah. think I would be into yeah. it film two starts okay. let's say th- we're three months into the relationship and then it's only been a few days since she left him and then the art gallery thing then f- second film what was that maximum two months Mm. less yeah. than that probably less than that so let's say five months after meeting they are engaged well they didn't even meet in the from what you told me um, he followed her for like a month or something didn't yeah he? this is true so, so I um, my mum and dad got engaged within like six months stop it yeah but there were less people there and then <laughs> <six months. laughs> how old do you think they're <laughs> there Christians were from the Midlands there were, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to validate this film give me a break <laughs> and then I just have one more point and then that that's my list. Um, my, final, my final point, I just put in all caps, no climax, plot or sexual. Well, uh, <laughs> it's okay. true, you get the beginning of the sentence, you get like, and then the... And he always finishes, and I noticed that. But does he, does he though? You don't see no, it! Any you get like coming. three, three Do you see that in the first thrust. one? No, and but like, in, the, um, if in the, the first one, you, you know what you're doing, free thrust is all you need. I'm just, oh, <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. Come join the kink side. We know what I'm doing, free thrust. Oh my uh, god, that is not what I believe. Just yeah. <laughs> before I get like 300 people tweeting me, going, "Dude, I don't know what you're doing, but I need to know this." Yeah. <laughs> in, like, the, in the book, <laughs> in the book, orgasms are like such a central part of it, and like she comes and he comes, and then in the film, I was just like, you see the beginning of the sex, but then you don't see either of them finish. Mm. But it was, it was an 18, so you'd think they'd go all out for that. Exactly, it was yeah. an 18. I was like, I've I very rarely before. watch 18s. The other 18 you I've ever that, watched is Sweeney Todd. <laughs> was that, was that an 18? 18? I don't yeah. think it was an 18. I was a 15. Well, that's a lot of blood. Anyway, yeah. you walk out of them. Alright. Yeah. So, um, no sexual climax. I'm scared of the dark and, and I'm leaving ghosts. So, <laughs> how about no? Oh, I still need to talk to you about that because, uh, yeah. Worth mentioning, in most 18s, when there is sex, um, less graphic, but you do always see an, an orgasm, but it's always done like. Neck down. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like. Like like noise and yeah. they try and create orgasm. Were you annoyed then that you didn't see the orgasm? Yeah, I was. I was just like, I came here for sex. <laughs> um, but then also no but, claps, no claps, no. <laughs> you didn't have clap. No, they didn't, have clap. they didn't get the clap. Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also no climax in terms of the plot. Mm. 
Well, to be, uh, all it did was it left you open for like the third film. No, the whole thing was like a films long straight that road. are series should also be self-contained. Do you, do you know what it felt like? It felt like one long trailer for the third film, and then at the end, <laughs> one minute of just oh, actually, we had this edit. Like we could just tell you what's going to happen because because like if you if you think of it like that, where it just goes dun dun dun, like there's no like yeah. plot or narrative. It could just be a trailer for the next one. Ooh. There we go. I think that's how we I should think, end yeah. this. I, was I think say, we've done it some kind of service. <laughs> it was kind of like shitter than a soap opera in terms mm. of plot. I I'd say if you're gonna go and see it, go. Don't. And, <laughs> if you're gonna go and see it, go and see it with an open mind. But like when you come out, do some googling. Like maybe if because like loads of people when they brought out the the leg bar like those people were like oh I mean, I've literally I, never seen a leg bar have you bar never seen a leg bar no, no. no oh, I never seen come around my flat I've never seen a leg bar right, have you never seen one okay no. see this, this is why I find this really weird because I was sitting there going oh, I know what that is but like then not like sorry that makes it sound like oh I know what that is but like it was just really interesting the 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 perspective of everyone in the room that got really like excited by the 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 fact it expanded and stuff and I was like. Yeah. Okay, what did you think it was going to do? Like, where did you think that was going to go? Never where, that genuinely, where did you think that was going to go? What this did is you... the thing, people don't uh, have that natural interest in it. I when, thought he well, was going to no. hang around. Have you ever, been, like have you ever been handcuffed or, or, when, like, uh, or like restrained in any way? Yeah. No. Have you, right, so so you kind of get the, the element of why that yeah. would be maybe, I don't know if you enjoyed yeah. it or not, but why that might be interesting. Yeah. yeah. I definitely, I think everyone in the cinema will have gone like, ooh, maybe I'll I get that again. Yeah, maybe I'll, yeah. It's just quite an expensive bit of kit if you don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> just FYI. You have to create space in your flat for it as well. Storage. Yeah. Go yeah, go to the London Alternative Market. You can like try them out and stuff. Oh my, oh my god, god, there we go. That's really interesting. So yeah. There's so much. Googling, I need to guys, do the Googling. Googling. Go see Fifty Shows and then Google. Do you want me to send you through some links? Yes, please. Okay, fine. You want all all of the links. Yeah. All right, fine. Go and watch this film if your kink is bad films. Like, if you're into like intellectual BDSM, like punish yourself. Go for it. Amazing. Amazing. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Thanks, Simon, for Sorry. being here and joining us. Thanks for having me. Bye. 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 Thank you guys for listening and thanks to Simon for joining us. You can find him on Twitter at This Made Me Cool and you can also follow Banging Book Club on Twitter at Banging Book Club where we tweet all sorts of fun shenanigans. If you liked this podcast, please give us a rating and review on iTunes. We really appreciate it. And this month in February, we have been reading Nina Is Not Okay by Shappy Sandy, and that book review podcast will be out in the next couple weeks so we hope you enjoy that and we'll see you next time bye ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.